0: Everybody, it is two thirty, Tuesday, June twenty seventh. We have a packed and exciting episode for you all. So, this is the Hokie Way and Sons of Saturday collaboration episode number one. Uh, to set the table for you, on June thirtieth, twenty twenty one, the world of collegiate athletics changed forever once the NCAA adopted the name, image, and likeness policy. Allowing collegiate athletes to finally capitalize on their brand and benefit from it as well. Now, every headline that you hear surrounding NIL falls into one of two categories. It is, this is the future of college athletics. Schools have to get it right. That is true. The other headline is, it is the wild, wild rest and nobody knows what's going on. That is old, That is also true. But Virginia Tech succeeding or failing in the NIL space will directly impact its ability to succeed on the field, court, or diamond. So we are excited to partner with the Hokie Way to help inform Hokie Nation, inform current and future student-athletes at Virginia Tech, and move the ball forward and see what we can do. So with that, I want to introduce two members from the Hokie Way, starting with Jim Petrine, who is the board president. He graduated from Virginia Tech in 1980 with a degree in civil engineering, and has been president of the land development company called AnyTrep. Now, I didn't know this. Our other our other guest said, go ahead and look at that backwards when I asked who founded the company. It happens to be Jim Petrine himself. He just spelled it backwards. Very, very creative, Jim. Yeah, thanks.
1: Yeah, that was a long time ago. A little bit of a long story behind that, but actually had to do with uh, had some problems with a previous name I chose and uh, somebody copying it. And I said, I'll make sure they don't confuse me the next time. So.
0: <laughs> and then our second guest is Matthew Sams. Matthew is the director of operations for the Hokie Way. He graduated from Virginia Tech in 2007, stuck around to earn a master's degree in 2009. He was a writer and an adjunct professor at Virginia Tech as well. He uh, followed that up with 10 years as a partner and vice president in marketing and advertising at a firm called Firefly. He is now completely devoted and solely working on elevating the Hokie Way. Matthew, how are you doing?
2: I'm good, man. Thanks for having us. Very, very excited to be here.
0: Excited. Excited about it. So let's start here, and it's probably the biggest question. If the listener is here and has no idea what the Hokie Way is, what exactly is it? What is the mission statement and what um, led you all to start this program?
1: Sam, I'll let you read that one because you had it, <laughs> uh, the, the great official mission statement, and then I'll do the details.
2: No problem. So, yeah, our, our mission statement is pretty pretty uh, direct, I think, but the Hokie Way supports the active engagement of student athletes in leveraging their name, image, and likeness to amplify the mission of charitable organizations as a way to give back to the community and encourage a new generation of DT athletes. So that's like the you know the formal approach. But essentially, our primary focus is supporting charitable organizations, our communities that we serve, and, and connecting Virginia Tech athletes with that. So we enable VT we enable student-athletes to help nonprofits, and that's how, how we approach the NIL piece from a nonprofit point of view.
1: And I'll throw in the, the reason that I thought about this is it's perfect fit for Virginia Tech with Oop uh, that I may serve. It is just definitely followed in our footprint that, uh, serving charities while trying to promote Virginia tech athletics would be a great combo.
0: So I took a look at the entire board, a pretty impressive band of characters. You have Jim Pearman, Jim Cowan, Justin Robinson, Nick Rush, Bridget Ryan Berman, Tyrod Taylor, and Jayla Tolbert. Uh, Question, when you went out and you were uh, filling these slots at the board, what are their responsibilities? Why did people want to get involved? Um, how did that process definitely take part?
1: Well, it really began among several different fundraising groups uh, or different events through Virginia Tech Athletics when several of us started talking about putting this organization together over a few cocktails, to be honest with you. Uh and then we went out, discussed some things with uh, uh, some of our university friends, and uh, came up with an excellent group. I personally think. Uh, Jim Pyramin is someone I've known who knows charitable groups, worked with them all of his life, and has an excellent background in uh, accounting. Uh, Jim Cowan was a tie in there, perfect for the legal side of that. And we just kind of pieced together several different groups of people who were very willing to support Virginia tech athletics and cherries.
0: So there are two players in the Virginia tech space when it comes to NIL triumph and the Hokie way. And I guess, again, for somebody who has no idea what the differences are between triumph and Hokie way, what exactly are they aside from, obviously you all are a 501 C three nonprofit, um, Triumph seems to be more geared towards building name image and likeness. Um, But how exactly do you two differ and how do you two cross collaborate?
1: Well, that is a real big difference. We are we are a charitable organization, a 501c3. Uh, That's kind of critical to our mission. Triumph is the final step we work with Triumph. They are the final step with the student athlete. They are working with the student athlete to totally develop their um, name, image, and likeness. Whether it's through selling Dr Pepper or whatever, you know, different uh, for-profit organizations, or just creating their name, image, likeness, and they're doing a very good program with all that with their what they're setting up. Uh, we are the charitable side only and that our mission is with these partners in putting the student athlete together with the partners triumph's mission is directly engaging the student athlete and developing their name image and likeness across all brands
0: so when somebody decides to donate to the hokey way can you explain to me exactly how Money comes into the Hokie way. You have access to the Virginia Tech student athletes. What then happens after that? What goes on? And what are some of those organizations that you are working with at Virginia Tech or in the New River Valley Uh yeah.
2: so, so it's really important to just to put a little cap on what Jim said around our relationship with Triumph, because we kind of approach it as an ecosystem. And we're very symbiotically related in that uh, Triumph is is the organization that is, that is essentially signing student athletes to, to representation contracts. We don't do any of that. That's not our not our mission, not our goal, not our objective. Have no 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 play in that. So, um, to your question, Billy, it's really a, a matter of operationally, uh, we partner with eight nonprofits right now, and essentially work with Triumph to fulfill deliverables for those nonprofits. Um, so, essentially, last our this this in this role, May first, I've spent uh, six or seven weeks since, almost eight, um, really mapping out what that operational. Uh, plan is from a deliverable point of view uh, with Triumph. So I work with those guys weekly, if not daily, to figure out what our things are going to be for the for upcoming weeks and months ahead, and then make that happen. So to your question around uh, the nonprofits, right now we kind of have two waves. We had a we had a wave of four that came on board at the end of last year and beginning of this year, and then four that that have more recently come on board as partners in the last couple months. Uh, the first wave or special of banks of uh, Southwest Virginia. Boys and Girls Clubs of Southwest Virginia, Feeding Southwest Virginia, and Life Ring Foundation. Uh, The second wave were Eastern Montgomery Community Foundation, uh, Ronald McDonald House, American Heart Association, and the Roanoke Prevention Alliance.
0: So this is the million-dollar question before I get into kind of uh, some of the success stories. Uh, I wouldn't be doing my job without asking you about the latest, biggest story in this space, which is according to a memo released from the office of the IRS chief Counsel, donations made to nonprofit NIL collectives are quote, not tax exempt because the benefits they provide to collegiate athletes are not incidental, both qualitatively and quantitatively to any exempt purpose. The 12 page memo was posted on Friday to the IRS website. The memo actually was written on May 23rd. So, The question is, how do you believe that this memo affects you? And what have you all done to ensure that deliverables and donations are in line with the requirements of a 501c3 status?
1: I'll take first shot at that. Um, We are not a collective. We are a 501c3 organization, first of all. And that's why I said there's a clear difference between us and Triumph. We, and we are working to make sure that what we said in our original application and was approved is what we're doing, which is helping charities along with student-athlete engagement. Uh, Matt, I'll get you to read the legalese once again. You're better at re- reading the <laughs> quote from our lawyers. But bottom line, we are working constantly with our lawyers – to make sure we are still doing what we were supposed to do and what gave us our original five hundred one c three approval, Matt, the lawyer.
2: Yeah, and so to Jim's point, we've we've met with our um, uh, tax attorneys a couple times already. We've got a couple of further meetings with um, some some different uh, experts here coming up. But essentially, our tax attorneys gave us a, a pretty clear reading on what they could see from that memo. Um, essentially, that we're still in good shape. Um, so I'll read some some snippets here. Um, you know, one second uh, donors may continue to rely on the IRS determination of the Hokie Ways tax exemption status until some formal action is taken by IRS to change the determination, or or Congress passes a law that changes uh, tax exemption status. So obviously, we can't predict the future what that's going to look like. This landscape is changing daily, weekly, monthly, et cetera. But um, most, you know, at the end of the day, we find that most donors are motivated by the goal of supporting charities in the communities surrounding Virginia Tech, as well as our student athletes. And so, uh, the charitable deduction and involvement of those athletes and support of in support of um, charitable of nonprofits is a is an added benefit. So, uh, all that to say is that that we feel confident in our, in our current standing as as the the rules we see around us, that our charitable exemption is is still there. Uh, given that we're fulfilling our duties with deliverables, with our student athletes and our charitable partners.
0: So from a hierarchical is probably the wrong way to think about it. But if you can walk me through, somebody wants to donate to the Hokie way. They ultimately want to, I believe that the reason to do this would be you ultimately want to support Virginia tech athletics. And you also want to make a difference in the community surrounding Virginia tech. So if somebody donated an amount of money to your organization, what happens then? Uh, are you working with Triumph and the student athletes to find out what they're passionate about? Um, how do you determine which uh, organization you want to work with? How does the student athlete benefit from that? Um, just kind of walk me through the process from you know money comes in, deliverable, impact made.
2: Yeah, I think there, there are some good conversations being had with Triumph and and our and the Hokie Way uh, leadership around how do we create. Um, leaders amongst our student athletes to, who wanna pursue very important causes to them. So some of that's coming and we're working through what that looks like in terms of current student athletes that can kind of be ambassadors and leaders in specific charitable cause directions. Um, beyond that, really, it's, it's a question that we kind of rely on trying to help us uh, answer as to which student athletes best fit the needs of our specific charitable partners with their events, with their camp- uh, donation campaigns that may be coming up Um, with clinics, with, you know, so if we're going to have a, have a, a a basketball clinic for special Olympics, it makes sense that basketball athletes are involved with that. If we're going to have golf the same, but other, other uh, organizations such as, you know, boys and girls club, it can kind of be a cross section. And we've seen that to where if there are specific uh, student athletes who care about serving, serving and working alongside kids being mentors, then that's how we've approached it. Um, in the summertime, it's a little weird because of student athletes leaving and coming and going with between between seasons and between uh, semesters. but we've 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 seen some good progress there. And the cool part is that uh, for anything that's like social media driven is in promoting a specific cause for one of our nonprofits uh, partners, they can do that from anywhere, really. They, they can make that happen from home if they're with their families the summer. So um, we have some flexibility in that regard too.
0: I'd love to hear about some of the impact or some of the um, stories that you all have executed on recently. Um, Are there any uh, over this past semester um, that you'd like to highlight or some that are coming up uh, over the next couple of months that uh, you all have facilitated?
2: Yeah, I've I've actually got a list for each and I'll try to keep it as brief as I can. (laughs) Um, So for Special Olympics, uh, one one great example was I think it was back in early February, late January. I think it was around the UVA. Basketball home game, but um, there was a regional basketball tournament for Special Olympics at Castle, uh, and, and the men's basketball team was uh, integral to that. And there's some photos of Justin Mutz kind of doing some things and uh, Grant Basili, et cetera. Um, and I think that was a big success uh, for Boys and Girls Club. Just in May, um, Delta Dental uh, put on a pro am golf tournament that that always benefits Boys and Girls Club. I think it's like the 20. Don't quote me on this. It's been going on for a, for a couple decades now. Um, and so Sean Padula and Jalen Lane came to that event in Roanoke at the Roanoke Country Club and um, did a great job of mentoring kids. We have we have some stuff on our website you know, and we've seen it on social around what they did with the kids that day. They had they had lunch. They rode around on golf carts. They just had some good conversation around what drives them, what motivates them. And that's the stuff that, you know, hopefully as mentors, they can learn how to do that and pass it along to, to interested kids. Uh, Feeding Southwest Virginia, we're actually coming up on in July. We're going to be starting multiple service engagements a month with them there's three in July, three in August, et cetera, et cetera, as the year goes on. And that'll be at the food bank uh, in Roanoke or slash Salem, as well as doing some mobile stuff, um, mobile, mobile food bank stuff here in the New River Valley. And then finally at the Eastern Montgomery Food Bank in partnership with Eastmont Foundation. So that's those things are coming and we're excited about that. The first one will be next week on the 5th and Salem. Uh, LifeRing Ring Foundation, um, for those who don't know, they're trying to raise $20 million to build a pediatric cancer center at Kirlian Clinic, which is a big deal. Um, and there's a major golf tournament in July at Valley Hack and Roanoke, which our student athletes will be having a big role there. So that's coming up. And then the more recent, ad, recently added partners, like I said, Eastmont Foundation, just last week, um, I was at their food bank with uh, Pop Watson uh, just unboxing cans of food. Um, and <laughs> I was begging him not to lift the boxes too much because I didn't want him to get hurt on my watch. Luckily he didn't, um, but we, that was a great event and it's, you know, it's, it's a, it, it's a small thing in the, in the grand scheme of things, but, but it has great, great impact on on the the folks of Eastern Montgomery County. And that's, that's what's really important. Um, we'll be doing more of that each month, as well as a few major events coming up this fall. They have a, to, a tomato festival that they're pretty excited about. And I think we're gonna have a bunch of athletes at that helping um, do some fun things, maybe a dunk tank. We'll see about that. Ronald McDonald House, also a newer Partner, Um, we're going to start doing meal service every four to six weeks uh, in July as well. And so it will be different groups, three to five athletes going to serve meals to the families there at McDonald House. And we're looking to do some other major events uh, this fall. Next spring, they have a a major fundraising event, which we're going to have a big role in, I think. Uh, American Heart Association, I just met with them uh, two weeks ago. And we're putting together a team like you do for any Heart Walk. The New New River Valley Heart Walk is on October 10th. And we'll have a team of probably 10 athletes, maybe some coaches, too that will be participating in that. And part of that is a donation. You have to raise $2,500 as a minimum. So that'll be something that we want to blow out of the water if we can, uh, with the help of our, our donor base. Mm -hmm. And then finally, uh, run a prevention Alliance, which is a, um, really, a a really interesting and, and impactful, uh, organization in Roanoke, basically trying to, um, keep kids from getting into situations they shouldn't. So preventing, um, whether that be drugs, alcohol, um, violent kind of stuff. And so they're they're doing a monthly mentorship program in which every, once a month, starting in July in a couple weeks, uh, we'll have a couple of athletes going to talk to them and just talking about, you know, what what's driven them to this point in their lives, what kind of adversity have they faced, how have they gotten past that. Um, and then we're also looking to have some other events for them. They have a big fall festival in Roanoke and, and we're looking to maybe have some things on campus with them, uh, bringing some, some high school students to campus to do some mentorship opportunities in the fall as well how's that for uh duration? Is that okay?
0: No, it sounds like y'all are doing a ton. I'm excited to get these, these stories amplified. Um, I know as rewarding as it is for, um, the organizations that you're looking, that you're working with, how impactful it is on the actual athlete, thinking back on what we had the opportunity to do during the summertime, uh, what coach Beamer or coach Fuente would organize or, uh, during bowl games. Um, those are always super, super uplifting. My question again, uh, On this subject is, I remember we interviewed Tori Powell last year, um, and she was working on the Planting for Progress um, initiative that she did. And I know that she uh, initially hooked up with you guys and hooked up with Triumph and was able to execute on that. Is there a percentage or... I guess the better way to ask this is are student athletes coming to you saying like, hey, here's something I'm passionate about and this is what I want to do. You have organizations reaching out to you for help. Um, How exactly are you choosing um, where to dedicate these resources and um, which deliverables to execute on?
1: Yeah. So, Jimmy, let me take that one. Yeah, you can take it, but I'll add the part about what we're adding on. Yeah. Go ahead.
2: Um, so actually it, it really comes down to an application. So we put out, this is actually before my time with the Way, but an RFP request for proposals went out uh, last year for nonprofits to apply to be a partner. And so a, a swath of applica- applicants came in and then the board kind of decided on where our efforts, given what we had to work with at the time, were that where there's best fit. Um, so there's eight right now. And I think the, the, you know, we're going to be making some determinations on how that evolves over time. Does that grow? Is that number of, grow from 8 to 10 or 12 or whatever? And then more specifically, what does that look like in terms of hyper-localized around the River Valley, Roanoke Valley, out across the Commonwealth, across our Hokie footprint, et cetera? And so that's maybe a good segue for Jim, if you want to jump in.
1: Well, we're trying to expand on a couple things, one of which is uh, our student athlete engagement. I just spent time uh, speaking with Liz Kitley. And she has volunteered to be one of our first student athletes who's going to get involved with us. I I want to explain one thing here. This organization has literally been built in less than a year. Things are going crazy uh, so fast. We had the 501C3 status what back in September. Matt came on board afterwards. And and we're trying to do so many things so quickly. But there's definitely. We have, I think, a good vision. One of them is, uh, again, getting the student athlete more involved in doing the final decision-making on which charities to work with or to help with. So we're going to have a student athletic board kind of be part of the Hokie Way board. That's our plan in the future. Another thing we want to get going, and that's an obvious one for me, that we haven't been able to get started yet is a major military component on the fundraising side. Uh, again, uh, that's been a little tricky because we've so far kept uh, mo- mostly local uh, groups and all the big groups that you think about on military are not necessarily uh, a local chapter or whatever. If you, any of your listeners out there have a, great military group that they think we should team up with, please contact us. Go to the Hokieway.org. You can fill out your paperwork on there and get contact information to us. Uh, But I I think it's a no-brainer that Virginia Tech, on Military Appreciation Day, football game weekend, could have a huge fundraiser for a a military organization. Again, um, a lot of these things have been... We're trying to get them all built. I want to thank Matt for agreeing to come on board because all of us have been volunteers trying to pull our hair out, trying to get this thing started. And Matt just joined us, what, a couple months ago as the official director of operations who's trying to doing all the coordinating on this, which is critical. It's, it's a lot of coordination that needs to go on. And again, as a, one of our good friends told us along the ways, John Dooley, is that we are building the plane as we fly it. Uh, <laughs> this whole new world of name, image, and likeness is, is there's no playbook. And, and we're trying to work it and get it going. But uh, we think we're doing, I don't know. I feel like we're starting to do a pretty dang good job and getting to our main goal, uh, our main dual goal of helping charitable partners and student-athletes.
0: So moving on to some of the fan source questions that we have here, I hopped on the uh, the 24 seven board and I, I sourced a couple questions here. So uh, the first few that we have here come from Hokie Chuck uh, and his question is, uh, he has three. The first one is what are the fundraising goals for the future? Uh, do you all have a target for this year, five years from now? Um, how exactly are you all measuring success?
1: Well, we are, this first year, we kind of had a goal of uh, approximately three million in the in the, uh, the the calendar year or in in this upcoming football uh, sports season year, and I say approximately. That's just round numbers. Um, we we would love more, <laughs> but but we can see that growing again. It all just depends on how, how many opportunities we get and how much works out for our different charitable organizations.
0: Another question that he had was, uh, any breakdown on funding received for, on small contributions versus large contributions? Um, I know Matthew, we talked a little bit about an initiative that you have coming up this, uh, this summer potentially. Um, but I uh, would love to learn a little bit more about uh, what kind of donations you typically see.
2: Yeah. So I pulled some numbers for this question um, just to kind of be prepared around it. And th- these are approximation numbers because, you know, things come and go with donations and whatnot, but of the roughly 650 donations, the number of donations to date, approximately 90- 92% of those are for less than a thousand dollars. So we're not talking about huge amounts of money from the, from the, the overall majority, even further than that. Se- approximately seventy percent of of the total six hundred and fifty donations is for a hundred dollars or less. So we're seeing a lot of like you know hundred dollar donations, fifty dollar donations that add up over time, and that's really what we think we need to keep growing uh, to make this thing sustainable in the long run. Um, you yeah, know, obviously there's there's a swath of of uh, that eight percent or so of of major donations, but um, for for sustainability, it's got to be a more um, Community-based approach here around building this thing as a collective Hokie Nation. So, uh, to that end, though, we are we are planning to do a, a donation match campaign. If you remember, we did that uh, last year at the end of the year, and it was very successful. And we're gonna do, we're planning to do the same thing for the month of August, leading up to football season, uh, to where we have a couple donors who have get, who've generously decided to to do a a hefty number, and we're going to hope that the Hokie Nation matches it.
0: Have you? an idea of how many student athletes you have worked with to date. Um, what does that look like? How are you making choices? I know you mentioned if you do a basketball camp, you're doing it with the basketball right. team. Um, but how, um, you know, how exactly do you determine who is going to execute on those deliverables and how many athletes have you worked with?
2: Yeah. So it's, it's, that's really, a, it's a question. That's kind of one of part of that partnership with triumph is why this is so important, but essentially I'll start with here. Triumph is signed somewhere between 225 and 250 uh, 250 athletes, uh, to be part of the triumph kind of family. Um, and I can tell you that we've worked with a considerable number of those, uh, from the hockey way perspective, there's some, there's some crossover where athletes have done multiple things, right? So it's a little bit misconstrued there, but, um, I don't have a definitive number, but I can tell you it's a lot. <laughs> and I can tell you that, um, we are looking to, to diversify that even further so that for example, um, a couple nonprofit partners have already asked to have specifically uh, uh, Olympic sport athletes as opposed to football or basketball, because they want to have some different variation in terms of who's there and who's representing uh, their causes. So we're working through how to shape some of that stuff. So if it's a if it's a, a track athlete who maybe wants to be involved with this tomato festival, like I mentioned before, uh, because that's what the charitable partner requests, that's something that we can look into as to who has an interest in serving hyper-local uh, needs. So... It really is a case-by-case situation, and, and I think as we get through the rest of this year, a lot of our nonprofit partners have, a, as I alluded to, have late summer, fall, into winter events planned. That's where we'll start getting into the planning process around who, who makes the most sense for what.
0: Michael Michael Witz, this is a little this is a little bit of a word sandwich, so I'm going to try to uh, understand how to get to the bottom of this one. Um, with nil, I always hear how athlete what the athletes make, but not the investor. Is there, any inve- is there any measurement on how much return the people who fund the NIL are getting? Are they using the athlete for advertising, or is this simply a form of donation? So to simplify this question, I think it's important to understand that the Hokie Way's mission is not necessarily to promote other businesses, is not necessarily to pay student-athlete, perform, show up here and sign autographs. You'll get paid for doing that. It is more so a combination, and correct me if I'm wrong, a combination of accepting donations that will be delivered to people and organizations in need while also having a a part of that component also be filtered back to the student athlete that is going out and making a difference in these communities. Um, Is that the correct way to break it down?
1: Uh, Yes. uh, We don't directly give money to the organizations, although we're working on all different kinds of ways. And one way in the future, we hope, to have some direct fundraising as part of our project. Uh, I, I guess I could go into this. Uh, uh, a project we're hopefully gonna work on is the 50-50 in which case we would have a, 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 a partner charity work with us and doing the fundraiser say at a football game for a 50-50 where a certain amount of money goes back to everybody who participates in the 50-50. A certain amount of money goes the Hokie Way, a certain amount of money goes directly to the charity. Yeah. But in general, our, normally your donation to the Hokie Way doesn't go directly to a charity. We go through all of our operations, working with charities to get what they want. People working, packaging bags for food, right. doing all those different events, uh, you know, pushing their their agenda to show what their charitable organization is and help them fundraise. I don't know if that helped clear that up a little bit or not.
0: No, it did. It definitely did.
2: One thing I'll add to the just in terms of maybe this may help address the question that was asked around what are people, what's the value essentially. I I would say our activations, our engagements, our opportunities with our student athletes kind of consist of multiple streams for nonprofits. Uh, that could be going to events or promoting events and going to events to support fundrais- fundraising initiatives on their own, uh, i.e., the golf tournament for Boys and Girls Club. It could be simply doing using their likeness, their 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 brand uh, position essentially uh, on social media to promote fundraising or promote initiatives for nonprofits. And it could be more service-based stuff, as to where they're you know boxing food for feeding Southwest Virginia or or. Um, clinics, things of that nature. So it kind of, it's kind of had, there's some, there some lanes being defined in terms of how our scopes of work essentially uh, play out. And, and, you know, is that going to evolve? It probably will, because I think this, as to Jim's point earlier, we're flying this plane as it's, uh, or building this plane while it's flying. So it's just kind of looking to see how uh, our relationships and our partnerships change and evolve and what their needs may be. I, you know, I, I was just with this morning with Special Olympics, talking about their needs for the rest of the year. And, there are all kinds of fun activities and and um, uh, opportunities for us to to engage with with that group that haven't come come up before that are new things that are going to you know change as the year goes along. So um, all good things. Hopefully that helps answer a little bit of it.
0: Over the course of this year, you said you've only been doing it for a year. You're building the plane as you are going through it. What would you say are the biggest challenges you're facing now, and some of the biggest obstacles that you all have overcome to date?
1: Well, I'll jump. The biggest challenge right now is this memo that everybody has heard of, which is definitely a case where we're constantly have to clarify. They weren't talking about us in that memo directly. Bottom line, and and we feel we're in a good situation there. So that's obviously been a major challenge. uh, Trying to get people to realize that that memo didn't directly. Affect us,
0: Jim. You're you're a nice guy, so I'll i I'll, I'll say I'll I'll say what what I believe the situation is. What right. it looks like from somebody on the outside looking in, right, is all of these collectives at other universities that are not necessarily doing charitable work. We're looking to add a tax write-off part to yes. the donations. Oh, boy. The way that you have set up your business or the way that you have set up your nonprofit. And the way that you all are logging the deliverables and the organizations that you are working with, as you said, you are not a collective. You are putting student athletes in a position to make an impact on the surrounding communities. Working with Triumph to help them utilize that to build their overall brand and utilize their reach to get other people to impact positively. Very well said. Perfectly said. I think we had to be a little. We had to be a little abrasive to the. Um, shenanigans that other people are up to—that is causing—that uh, is causing the issue.
1: Yeah, I didn't want to say shenanigans that other people are doing. That- <laughs> no, I'll, say,
0: I'll say it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: Um, and then, biggest—I uh, would say—some of the biggest obstacles that you all have had to overcome over the last year. I mean,
2: beyond beyond the memo that Jim alluded to and the IRS confusion, um, I think it's just trying to build a new organization, a new brand within the the infrastructure of Virginia Tech as a whole. I mean, you're trying to make people be aware of who we are and what we're doing and answer a lot of the questions that you're asking, uh, which are very well received, but it, it's kind of like this this NIL thing and what it is over here and how to explain what that is, and then educating about what we're doing and how Virginia Tech is doing it in a unique unique to us way, how our infrastructure with, with Triumph is set up, how we, you know, we try to, work with compliance through athletics as much as we possibly can. I spoke to one of their guys this morning just to make sure we're good on a couple of things. And, you know, it's a, it's a constant um, dialogue around those different entities um, that keep this, keep this boat in the right direction. I think that's, that's a big thing that it's just the unknowns we can't see and trying to track through the, those unknowns with as much information as we possibly can have together.
1: I think education too. I got it throw that out there over and over again. I'm constantly, me and Matt are in this knee deep. So we we're absorbing this, but I'm constantly amazed at how many people I've run into are very big Virginia Tech fans, big donors and whatever. And I literally have to go back to square one to start explaining what's going on in the world with name, image and likeness. Uh, Education to our fan base is critical to get them to understand, because there was also a very, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll admit I had it. when name, image, likeness first came out. I think there was definitely a negative feeling out there. they like, "Oh, we're going to have to pay to play now." Just, say, I mean that that feeling is was out there. But the more I educate people on what is really happening, um. And the more I get to see it personally being involved, uh, we're not the news makes the big five million dollar crazy quarterback deal or whatever that makes the news. Well, guess what? Ninety nine percent of these deals are reasonable deals getting kids money who could really need it. I mean, I've seen some poor families really get at least something out of their college education, beyond their college education. Because a lot of these kids are coming from tough neighborhoods, bad backgrounds, and need some help. You know, people say, well, they're getting an education. Guess what? They're getting an education, but they could use a few dollars too. So it's not a bad thing. So educating the uh, the whole fan base on this being a positive is been a major part of our program
0: i'm glad you brought that up jim uh and i'm going to ask you matt because i know um just being in operations and day-to-day and, and dealing with the student athletes so the general consensus around i think nil for a lot of people who are hesitant are well i'm not interested in pouring money into something where somebody goes and buys a new dodge challenger they buy a new diamond necklace they do all of this um and unfortunately, I think one of the negative things that's come out of NIL it's just vilified the student athlete to an extent. Hmm. I would like to ask you because uh, during my time at Tech, I knew plenty of student athletes who literally couldn't afford to fill up their car with gas, couldn't afford to eat lunch. I knew student athletes, starters with NFL potential and some that made it to the NFL, who would not be able to eat properly and would be having to go to the uh, lounge and have pistachios and almonds for lunch uh just because of the financial situation that they were in what kind of impact is this having on student athletes um not just from the opportunity to be exposed to uh making a difference in their community but actually being able to make some sort of money off of their name image and likeness which generates millions for the NCAA and the universities themselves
2: yeah i mean i so to be, to be clear, Jim and I, nobody at the Hokie way really knows what the athletes are getting compensated wise in terms of dollar mm-hmm. figures. That's not really our, right. We're, we're, we're kind of church and state there, but we have heard a lot of stories around, uh, at least I have don't want to speak for Jim, but heard some stories around to your point, Billy, um, student athletes getting a housing, like some of these deals happen where they get housing out, of it, not, not actual dollars. They're getting you know a place to live. That's important. Right. Um, to Jim's point, we're not getting $5 million deals for athletes here. It's more about uh, standard of living kind of stuff that is making a difference that may not be tangible out in the media, but is tangible in real life here in Blacksburg. So, um, yeah, we've heard some of the stories. We don't know the specifics necessarily. At least I don't. Um, but I think it is a good thing in terms of kids having quality of life as they're, as they're going out here and uh, on the field of competition.
0: Last thing that I have for you, uh, and again, I'm, I'm really excited about this partnership. So any other questions regarding the uh, NIL space specific to the Hokie Way, what's going on at Virginia Tech, do filter those questions in. Um, we'll be having conversations with Matthew and Jim and other members of the Hokie Way into the future. So please continue to have those to come in. Uh, any events, any changes, anything that we should be looking out for in the next, um, over the course of the summer uh, that people should be made aware of?
2: Yeah, the big thing is this donation match campaign in August, and we'll have more information about that in the in the coming weeks so and start promoting it pretty heavily um, to get that going. And you know, essentially, it's kind of a countdown to kickoff situation where we're you know, August first until until September first. Um, get that first game against ODU, and uh, hopefully, make some good impact on on fundraising for for our our, our nonprofits and our and our student athletes. Beyond that, we're looking to do, to do some things, hopefully, with this Charlotte basketball weekend in November. It's coming up down the road, but it'll be here before we know it. Um, it's a great opportunity for both women's and men's basketball and reaching out to that to that Charlotte Hokie base that feels like it's far away, but it's really not. It's really close to us in general speak. Um, so those are the big things. Uh, we've got a couple other things we're working on that may uh, revolve around some some uh, appearances and some some cool things with, uh, with some other some of the athletes, but those are the two big things coming up, and I, and we'll have more information as it comes.
1: Awesome. Well, go ahead, Jim. Didn't mean to interrupt you. Yeah, I was just going uh, to I think we're wrapping up here. Just go back a little bit more to that education thing. Thank you for educating our fan base. I mean, that that is really the key thing we need to continue to do. And again, we're not paying the $5 million for a quarterback. Everybody knows that, but all we're all we're trying to do is be competitive in the space. And I've been really happy in what interaction I've been able to have with our coaches in that they are looking for student athletes who want to come to Virginia Tech first. They're not trying to outbid other schools. They're not. We're not we don't have that kind of money. We're just trying to be competitive. And that's what this program has helped us be, is give them something. In this space, and uh, I think it's uh, a good, positive way to do it for the university.
2: Yeah, and we're creating obvious opportunities. I think with these nonprofits, Um, there'll be more and more uh, visibility of that. I think as the year goes along, as we get some more media coverage and stuff. But um, as as potential student athletes at Virginia Tech recruits who are thinking about maybe coming here, we want to we want to make sure that they understand what the infrastructure is and what. The NIL uh, landscape looks like here, and and our job is, I think, from a Hokie perspective, is to is to show these these uh, these partnerships with nonprofits that are working and and uh, creating value for them and and providing some opportunities for education and growth from the student athlete perspective. So, hopefully, that's working.
0: Well, Matt and Jim, I really appreciate the time. And, and Jim, to your point, I think uh, I think it is important for every fan to realize uh, better to be educated than to just pound sand and uh, think wrongly about what this necessarily is, because the truth of the matter is the success of Virginia Tech on the field is very much reliant on us getting this right. Um, So this was just the first conversation. Wanted to introduce everybody to what the Hokie Way is and what they're all about. A lot more conversations coming up with student athletes and other members of the team as well. I appreciate both of y'all's hard work. Appreciate the conversation and looking forward to all the great things that you continue to do um, for the New River Valley and beyond.
1: Alright, go Hokies okay.
3: It's time to wander Tripping in the sand We smoke out windows Drink till we can't stand But I saw you Dance like you want to In my head Love all that she said is, oh, I know what you're thinking.